Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Come through, queen. I want to see you. Come through, Queen. Hi, everyone. It's Dan. And Brendan. And this is Come Through, Queen. I was bringing the decadence, and they were bringing the depression. Hey, Brendan. Hello, Daniel. So we are so excited to have back as a guest with us. It feels like just moments ago, but it's it, Evan has not been with us since May, so we are so excited to have back with us Evan Roscoe. Thank you so much. I can say unequivocally, this is my favorite podcast that exists, period. Oh my God, stop it. Thank you. <laughs> and I love your podcast. Let's not, let's mention, of course, right off the top, Shut Up Evan, oh, which you. you've had like so many legendary guests this season. Yeah. Who has been your favorite? I, I guess don't pick favorite, but like what's been like a standout moment or like somebody maybe to come. Cause I, I saw that we might have the grand Dom popping up. <laughs> I can't say more about that Did just yet, that? but yes, there's, I have something in the okay. works with Karen Huger that's taping tomorrow. And that's as much as I can say for now. Oh. Um, but I'm, I will say I'm, I'm okay. really excited to like interview her because I, I am curious, like, who the person is beyond the show, because she's such a character to me. Um, But I would say the one I'm really excited about is actually coming up in a few weeks. It's with Jordan Firstman, um, who is kind of, like, blown up and become Mm -hmm. a big, like, Instagram sensation over the last couple of months in COVID. And we talk about sort of, like, the ways in which Mm. gay men do not support other gay men. And I think it's a really interesting Mm -hmm. and quite introspective conversation about becoming famous the way he is and how the support tends to come from straight people and women versus other gay men and, and right. breaking down why that is. Yeah. Right. Like every mega straight woman celebrity follows him and like is constantly reposting his stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It's like all of the A-listers and then like, you know, maybe Adam Lambert. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. <laughs> My only other question before we like jump into other stuff is how does it feel to be – 
like the apple of Priyanka from RuPaul's Drag Race Canada's eye. <laughs> you know, it, it feels really nice. I Those girls, all of them, the Canada's Drag Race girls, are just really... They soaked in this moment so fully. They're and this is like across the board, that whole mm-hmm. cast, and you both know this. Like they're good-hearted yeah. individuals who came to play, who love the fans, who have for the most part, they've created a quite a non-toxic fandom. And I I'm not saying right. that the American one, you know, cultivated a problematic fandom by any measure, but there's something no. to be said about just like a lovely fandom. And I think that's something that Canada's drag race mm-hmm. has. That's made the whole experience of loving them. It's like, I, it's, I love to love them and I'm, I'm grateful that they um, give me love. I'll say it that way. For those who are listening and who might not know, or who might not follow Priyanka on Twitter, it feels like once a week, she's just tweeting Evan Ross cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I love it. Um, so we have a few things in the news this week leading up to Thanksgiving. Uh, interestingly enough, two stories about housewives who have found love. So why don't we touch on first uh, Teresa Giudice, who was just on Watch What Happens Live, essentially acknowledging this all for the first time very in a public space. Did you feel like uh, her so- appearance on Watch What Happens Live, though, was like there wasn't much going on with Teresa? Like she barely spoke? It felt like she like woke up from a nap and and recorded. <laughs> um, but this is from E Online. So, in the famous words of Teresa Giudice, "Haters gonna hate, but I just love, love, love." While she isn't using the L word just yet, the Real Housewives of New Jersey star has a new rom- romance in her life after splitting from longtime husband Joe Giudice last year. In November, she teased her man to fans, writing on Facebook, "Excited to reveal my new boyfriend." E! News later learned her man is Louis Louis Ruelas, a businessman, fellow New Jerseyan, and father of two. While appearing on, uh, remotely on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen on Sunday, November 22nd, the reality star dished a bit more about their blossoming relationship. She told Andy, it's fairly new, so I'm taking things slow, and we'll see where it goes from there. And that is essentially that. Evan, what do you think of, like, this are we going to see it on next season of jersey do you have any thoughts of what's to come with jersey i feel like yeah How are you feeling? i mean i'm not feeling great about it um i think the fact that we're getting okay. a new season of atlanta before jersey should be a big indicator of what's to come and mm-hmm. last night you yeah. mentioned the watch what happened live watch what happens live appearance and both andy and Teresa talked about the new season and said and dolores and said that it was um dramatic and uh just the words mm-hmm. they were using struck me as like the thing you say when you have nothing um mm-hmm. i just there was nothing to get me excited about it and the fact that we've just you know we've gotten no trailer we've gotten no air date um is sus yeah. i would say with regards to the Teresa boyfriend I just feel bad for her in the sense that I know the show wants to push this because mm-hmm. it's plot, right? right? It's like it's closing sure. the chapter, <clears throat> excuse me, on her relationship with Joe and giving us something new. But I think for the sake of just any developing relationship and why I think that I would encourage her to take a page out of the Bethany playbook um, and keep the boyfriends kind of off of the show just because – I think undoubtedly, even if they, you know, they're going to become entwined in it in some way, either through fans having opinions or the other ladies. And I just, I'm hard pressed to think of a situation in which like a budding romance benefited from Mm -hmm. being on The Real Housewives. Right. I think she's, 
I think she's timing it well because they wrapped seemingly around Halloween. So I would imagine we probably won't see him at all in this upcoming season. And like, this is just kind of a discussion, a discussion point to get people interested in her and the New Jersey universe again. Also, it was um, a, it was a paycheck because she used that like click farm thing that all those housewives do. Oh. And it like the Lincoln bio click farm to announce <laughs> her um, new boyfriend. But that's like, Teresa's never been afraid to do that. She sold stories about her relationship to in touch weekly for years and years and years and years. I think they even got like the exclusive like prison photos at one point. Yeah. So it's very Teresa to do this, but it's also like kind of sad. Yeah. I am interested yeah. to see like the girls grown up. I do feel like that's an interesting direction to go into like see Teresa having to play less of like the uh, mom to young kids and have them be a little bit more independent. Yeah. And uh And Gia's the sure. mother. Gia's the mother now. Gia's the mother now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're also finding love in a COVID place with <laughs> Luanne Deliceps. <laughs> so this is from realityblurb.com. Uh, Luanne Deliceps is out and about with a brand new man. The Real Housewives of New York City star was spotted leaving the restaurant Tutto Il Giorno in Sag Harbor with her new flame, Garth Wakeford, earlier this month. Garth. The two left the... And the two left the uh, Italian hotspot after lunch, climbing to Garth's Mercedes-Benz and driving off together, reported Page Six. The outlet first reported the news of Luann's uh, new beau on November 19th as the pair went public with their newfound relationship. Garth is a trainer from South Africa who, who's apparently six foot six and hunky, a.k.a. just Luann's type. Now, mm-hmm. side note, I would just want to call out Reality Blurb. Famously... That's not Luann's type. Because right. as we all, all discussed on the show, she likes them short and French. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so speaking with the podcast X Appeal on November 18th, Luann confirmed the relationship and got candid about her new boyfriend. We actually met on the dating app Hinge. He lives locally in the Hamptons, she told the podcast, uh, saying that when she originally saw Garth's picture on the app, she thought it was too good to be true until they met in person. She said... Oh my God, he's exactly what he looks like on the app. He's tall, he's handsome, he looks like a Viking, she shared. <laughs> so that is that. And I feel like this, on different from Jersey, we could see, because New York is very much still in production. Right. Look, I say, like, go for it. I If, if there's anyone that I think should always be in a relationship, if they want to be, um, it is Luann. I yes. feel like she can make... My advice for other people just kind of, you know, it's go to the wind when it comes to Lou. It's kind of like Lou is a rule breaker by nature. So, like, let Lou live um, is sort of like Mm -hmm. my overall mantra. I do want to mention there's a tweet from today where Jill Biden tweeted, um, thank a nurse. And someone, quote, tweeted it with Luann's picture. (laughs) And, you know, thank Luann. True. Thank you, Luann. Truly. Um, I will say I did a little bit of a dive on this guy's Instagram once he once this story came out and in June, 2016, he yes. posted a don't tread on me flag, but it was like the rainbow flag. So it was like a pride flag, but it had the don't tread on me like snake situation on it. And I did a little bit of Googling and I think like there was a situation that arose not to bring this to a dark place, but after pulse happened where those flags were appearing throughout West Hollywood. I guess it was like a 
fight back message maybe from like gay conservatives but like yeah he, this guy posted it with a love this in june 2016 and i just like need to like get my head into this person's brain and like what he might have been thinking in that moment I mean, you did great investigative journalism with that one because when you shared that, like, no, none of us could figure out what the fuck was going on. It's like, why do you have a, a rainbow don't tread on me flag straight man? I think he's like maybe like like sticking up for like queer people and the way he knows how or like just like saw the image online. I have no idea, yeah. but we are in for a trip with Garth, I think. Mm. Yeah. I do have a little bit of tea about New York. Briefly, this is all hearsay. Ooh. But just in response mm-hmm. okay. to, I know this is a podcast that loves Heather Mamahala Thompson. Mm-hmm. From what I'm yeah. hearing, um, there are huge issues. So Heather will, I, we already knew, I think a friend of was already the conclusion. She's kind of no longer filming right now. Um, I think the hope was yeah. that there was the possibility of full time. I don't think it worked out. And from what I'm hearing, Leah is being a nightmare, not just to the other women, but to production. And so <gasps> I do think oh. one thing that will be worth keeping an eye on that I kind of saw the seeds of growing in the latter half of the season was Leah becoming a little too big for her britches. In the beginning, right. I think we were like, yay, like, girl, get your money. Like, you're owed more money for this show. And I think it was easy to be like, yes, Leah, like, fight for what you deserve. You're carrying the show. I ha- It seems, again, I'll hear say that this is starting to get to her head and that we might see her try to ascend to Queen Bee status a little too quickly. Mm. So I'm curious to see uh, okay. what the dynamic's going to be moving forward, but I don't know if we're going to have as much Heather as we deserve. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't she wasn't spotted up in Massachusetts yeah. when they were filming uh, like a week ago. So it kind of seemed like that was the case. Uh, I think Brendan and I are both kind of crossing our fingers that Bershawn is more involved than we originally thought she would be. Because like, Mm-hmm. I, I don't love a small cast. Like, I think it flourishes more when there's more people around. So, yeah. Absolutely. Especially New York. Salt Lake City, I feel like, is the exception to that, mm. where it's a, it's a tight six, but everyone's popping so much that it works. But I totally agree with you. I think... I think we've talked about this before, but my happiest place was New York season seven yeah. because it's like we got eight women mm-hmm. and even their weakest link, Kristen Takeman, still delivered that sure. season. And so it's like no matter what stuff is popping. And I think we noticed this most on the New York trip this past season when it was like, who's even there? Yeah. Like someone would step out to go to the bathroom and it would just be like, there'd be two women left. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. There's no one to talk, no one to, talk to. to. And all those yeah. chefs making and all that like- food. <laughs> Right. Even the photo of um, Atlanta Housewives, like Mm. their intro card for this upcoming season, it's five people and it looks tiny, which I don't appreciate. Uh, So the one last thing is we seem to be like waiting any minute for a Dallas trailer to drop. Strangely enough, Carrie Brittingham and um, what's Deandra. Both are like openly tweeting mm-hmm. about the trailer coming, which feels like they're stepping out of line because that like that usually does not happen. It feels like Bravo doesn't <laughs> care about Dallas at all. And like these women are just like trying to remain relevant. I'm I I wouldn't be surprised if these women like heard a rumor that the Dallas trailer was coming, sure. not official word, and we're like, let's like try to get some buzz around here. Like Carrie and Deandra are in the comments of every other like lower tier housewife in every other city across the country. It's like they want to be with the big girls, but nobody's 
letting them be. And yet. what's interesting is that, you know, these Salt Lake City women come along and immediately feel like canonical. Yeah. And and then mm-hmm. you have Potomac, which was the other franchise that launched the same year, which of course, as anyone listening to this podcast knows, is the canon. Yeah. And so I feel like Dallas mm-hmm. is in this like big predicament because it's like its sister show, in theory, yeah. Potomac, has totally surpassed it. And now the new kid on the block has come along. And everyone's loving it, and so I just don't see where Dallas fits into the current eight, you know? Yeah. I know, and it just has such, like, there's a bad taste in everyone's mouth because of what Leanne did last season. So it's like, they need to come in with, like, a really strong season, but they're already, like, they have COVID among their season two, so it's going to be difficult. But hope hoping for Dr. Moon to pull yeah, some definitely. tricks out of her hat. But it is worth noting the fact that, you know, even look at Beverly Hills right now, which, you know, is barely into filming and we've already gotten these cast announcements. And it's like with Dallas Mm -hmm. right now, it's like the fact that we haven't gotten any cast announcements to get us excited. It's almost like to your point earlier, it's like it's almost like Bravo just doesn't care because they make no effort to try and shake the table at all. We're just kind of left not even knowing what the central plot will be this season, where at least with New York and Atlanta and so many of these shows in production right now, we at least have a sense of what's going on in the world. But yeah, at this point, like Dallas is poised to get like an 11 (laughs) o'clock time, like time slot, like after four episodes of personally knows best. Like that is the reality of like what Bravo will probably. I I feel like Dallas ever since it started, Bravo is never even like talking about it or acknowledging it like during its off season. It's like if it's airing, mm-hmm. they'll barely like put out a tweet, get one of the girls on Watch mm-hmm. Weapons Live like every other week. They weren't even having them consistently on Watch Weapons Live last year. I know. I will say Andy tweeted something today that was like his dream cabinet. And it did include, it was like all housewives that he did. And it did include Stephanie Holman, which was good. And it was like Stephanie Holman for secretary of energy because she has good energy. But like, that's like the furthest he's gone to acknowledge Dallas. since. The the funny thing about that fantasy cabinet, I do have to say, is that he did select pretty much half Republican women for this Biden administration, (laughs) which was very interesting. It's very handy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we got, we got Atlanta, Dallas, and Jersey all on the horizon. Uh, Evan, of those three, does any of them excite you? To be honest, no, but of the three Atlanta, just because you have the most, I trust those women to deliver. And I'm really interested to see Mm -hmm. Portia's plot this season. I think there's going to be a lot of substance to her plot and, um, I'm eager to see the new the new women and what they have. I just feel I get a sense that this was very rushed and what I hope Atlanta and I think they're going to try to do what Potomac did this mm. season was okay, we have this one big moment, let's build the entire season leading up to this moment okay. and I think that only really works mm-hmm. for this Potomac season for very specific reasons yeah. and I just worry that everything is going to mm-hmm. lead up to this stripper thing and as these shows are prone to do, I think there's a lot of shaming involved yeah. here because it's kind of like right. if these women are in whether they're in relationships or not we don't know the situation but like the idea of these women going and having sex with the stripper is not inherently problematic yeah. and there seems to be mm-hmm. they really want that to fuel the storyline yeah. um so i'm just mm-hmm. hoping there's more than yeah. that i think it was officially yeah. reported by tmz that tanya sam friend of on atlanta 
completely dropped out of the show after this whole stripper incident. Yeah, literally they shamed yeah. her off the show. Wow. How are you guys doing with that news? It's hard. Well, it's definitely really hard. Cause like, <laughs> but like we're used oh, yeah. to taking losses because every time, every time we start to stand, yeah. they go away. So, I mean, like I, that's what's, that's what seems to have happened with Heather Holla Thompson. It's like the moment we, the moment we talk about it, it's like, bye. I have like very distinct memories of being on my runs and listening to come through queen in the lead up to season 11 of New York. And you guys talking about Barbara and I got so hyped for her along with you. Um, so I'm with you on this journey. I get it. I get yeah. it. Uh, it happened with Realtor oh Anne last year. Like there was like all these reports of like mm-hmm. her like doing this explosive scene with <laughs> Lou, and then like she wasn't even in one scene. Yeah. This season. <laughs> we like we really yeah, have a sickness yeah. to us that needs to be. All sick. Right, why don't we jump over to Potomac since we've already been chatting about it? Um, you asked a question of us back when we had the the Grand Dame. Sarah Galley on our podcast a few months ago as to like mm-hmm. the whole team Candace team Monique conversation and how it's like hard to really be on, on anyone's team. Where do you like land now with all of that of what's going on? I think like it, it's tricky, mm-hmm. right? I mean, obviously it's complex, but like an example that I would use would be everything that's going on right now with Ashley, mm-hmm. um, which is Ashley mm-hmm. is, a, is a character that I love very much. And I think is one of the smartest Real Housewives, sure. um, just like a really articulate, smart, sensitive, kind woman. Um, but what she did was, it, it's clear what she did and why. There's just no way around it. Mm-hmm. If she felt compelled mm-hmm. to do that, of course that's her prerogative, yeah. but she knew what she was doing when she did that. And I feel similarly about that situation with the Candace V Monique, which is I've heard a lot of discussion on a lot of podcasts in defense of Monique. Mm -hmm. And there seems to be this Mm -hmm. like growing discourse that like people supporting Monique by saying that, you know, Candace really, she got her to that point. And like, I Mm -hmm. like Monique very much and I do not like Candace. And yet I just don't think, words and physical violence can i don't think it's fair to say that any words could could push one um right so i think that that is the tricky part and i think one of the overall like difficulties with potomac but one of the reasons why i like it so much is that i oftentimes find that my loyalties are shifting in real time or a character Mm -hmm. i like will be doing something that i don't like so like for instance Robin mm-hmm. cutting Karen out of uh, the embezzled, embellished hatline <laughs> photo mm-hmm. shoot is really wrong. And like, there's, it's indefensible. Yeah. And I love Karen Huger. I'm an American, but I also <laughs> love Robin. And so, like, I'm not, I'm not coming from a place of like, I think Robin did something bad, yeah. but I'm no, I'm not team Karen. I'm kind of team all of these women minus Candace. Mm. Yeah. That's that's exactly how I feel about this cast in particular. It's like each and every one of them, there's something I really, really like. Like, I am the biggest Giselle stan there is, but I also realize how messy she yeah. is constantly. And, like, she's constantly behaving badly. Yet, I can't look away. I think I tweeted this the other day, but, like, that Sarah Bareilles song, Gravity, there's something that always brings me back to you. That is me with Giselle Bryant. I mean, we do have to acknowledge the fact that Giselle Bryant was on 
three back-to-back television programs on Bravo this past Sunday night. Potomac, watch them live. Bravo's chat room. Like, you got to give her credit for being that charismatic to call for her being on so much television. Exactly. It's what she, it truly is what she deserves. Um, Evan, I had a question about another kind of like person who is splitting the Potomac fandom as far as like people mm. falling on both sides. Dr. Oh. Wendy has been a controversial character this season. I've loved her from the jump. Some people are coming around to her now. Where do you stand and like will you suss that out? Well, I have to say, <clears throat> a lot of my love of her comes from this podcast because I feel like <laughs> one of the great things about the both of you and this podcast is it makes people like me who have one opinion mm-hmm. kind of consider an opposing opinion and, and grow and develop their own opinion. So I would say I am definitely not against Wendy. Anyone that's against Wendy, I kind of would need like your rationale sure. there um, because mm-hmm. she's bringing a lot. Um, she fits into this group very well. Um, and even like her facial reactions alone um, are giving us Mm -hmm. like Mary Cosby level reaction (laughs) shots. Um, So I love that. I think that one of the difficult things for Wendy has been integrating in terms of like her standalone scenes with the women. So obviously we know she has a friendship with Candace, but like we haven't gotten Monique alone with a lot of the other women making real connections Mm -hmm. outside of motherhood. So I think that Monique is like quintessential season two like bring her in we need more uh, from her um Mm -hmm. but i think she's certainly delivered i think that the plot revolving um her mother and and all of the solo stuff didn't quite capture me but she Mm -hmm. gave us plot and how many of these fucking women skate by season to season Teresa judice never doing anything um so I yeah, I'm ultimately pro Wendy and I'm optimistic for her future and I hope um for her confessional looks to mirror what was happening in Portugal. Mm. Those fashions in Portugal right. were the best Wendy's ever looked. Yeah. So I'm also excited for her to step up her fashion game and I know she's capable. Yeah. And can I say something about Wendy before we move on also? I think vacation Wendy is like a whole nother person who I like, I want to go on vacation with Wendy. She seems like she's yeah. having the time of her life, and I would love to have some Yes. With her. And I love a woman that can unplug, you know, like she literally, there are so many shots in this last episode of like Karen on her phone mm. a lot. And I'm just like, you're mm-hmm. in Portugal, you're with your girls, enjoy. And I feel like to your point, like Wendy is enjoying, she's making the most of this time away. And I, I appreciate yeah. that. I think totally. Wendy had a difficult job in that she was brought on to be Candace's ally. And that's a tough position to be in because the audience doesn't love Candace. So like if, right. if you have to like mm-hmm. defend the person that people don't love, like people are already not going to care for you. Right. I right. mean, one thing I would say though, this isn't like an in defense of Candace, but like, I feel like I don't dislike Candace as much as other people seem yeah. to in the fact of like, Same. I think she definitely serves a purpose. And she like, even that scene in the episode that we just watched where she was like putting her titty out um, for that little selfie. Like, I feel like Candace is really game. I mean, look at the costumes for that party. Mm -hmm. She was the only woman that came to serve minus Karen. But like Karen is just serving. In Karen's way. (laughs) Yeah. But right. but my point is, it's like, I think people discredit Candace because I think she can be, like, annoying. And, like, sure, I don't love her, like, recording a remix of her song scenes. Mm. 
But I do think Candace has given us quite a bit. And although I don't want to see her back after this season, I don't think she is like, there are far more annoying housewives and uh, that give us a lot less. Yeah. So I think Candace deserves, I don't know if redemption is the word, but I do think people are hard on yeah. Candace. I mean, I like, I enjoy having somewhat unlikable people on my television screen. And I think she fills like a, a mm -hmm. unique archetype. That's not in every franchise of like the bratty girl. Like, but like, it's fun. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to like want to go to dinner with these people. You want them to make inter interesting television. Totally. Right. There's a reason that Angelical from Angelica from Rugrats was an <laughs> iconic character. Um, also just this Portugal trip without her, would have really been lacking in terms of just like she brought a lot of fun and energy yeah. to the group because right. a couple of the girls on, on this Portugal trip were a little sleepy. Yeah. And I feel like Candace is really good mm -hmm. to bring around and sort of energize the group. Sure. Uh, so next mm -hmm. week we know that there's this like wig party that Candace seems to be present for and Monique shows up too, which I think is interesting. I'm gripped. Because I don't know, because like I think. I don't know all the legal details of the cases that are pending, but I would think in a assault case, there would be an order of protection ordering them to stay away from each other. So I wonder like how this transpired or are we being tricked in how it transpired? Like, are they actually in the same room together or maybe like does one does like Candace leave if knowing Monique's on her way? I'm curious to see like that play out. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question about Potomac? Yeah. So mm -hmm. after last night's episode, uh, which I thought, or excuse me, I should say Sunday night's yeah. episode, which I thought was absolutely phenomenal. Um, one of the best of the yeah. season. Um, I saw a lot of tweets being like, Potomac is giving us like the best season of television in years. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's been a couple of dips throughout this season and also sort of like pushing the fight plot really far down the field yeah, too far. but i'm curious if you guys were to analyze like just looking at you know i think we've seen now i think four fifths of the season yeah. what are your thoughts in terms of like season five overall i would say one of the better housewives seasons out there i'm just so used to like some of the franchises bringing us like go on girl yeah. give us mm -hmm. nothing like beverly hills for years and years and years and it's like potomac is so interesting and also in the context of like this year and finding enjoyable content because you have to find enjoyable content i think that has just like elevated it all um so yeah i think they are top tier housewives and i hope that the other housewives like know that mm. <laughs> if that i mean i i i struggle when when a season focuses on one thing so much and i feel like so much of the conversation is the Candace versus Monique. Like we spent a good chunk of the season leading up to it with it being teased in the first episode. And now we're like still talking about it like every week, but at the same time, like mm -hmm. they're able to execute a like a focus on one issue much better than a Beverly Hills can. Cause there's other things going on. Mm -hmm. There's there's Ashley versus Candace. There's uh, Karen yeah. Robin versus there, Karen. There's a, there's there's a lot of other things going on there, so <laughs> I I wouldn't say like this is the greatest season of all time, but like I'm loving it still. Yeah. Totally. Um, 
I thought the S&M night was a lot of fun. Uh, the the commitment to the eggplant emoji instead yeah. of just a blur is like top tier, really. Like, give give us what we want, and it's that. Uh, and I just love that moment <laughs> when Candace is on all fours and approaches Karen's hoo mm-hmm. because they have mm-hmm. a very mother daughter relationship. Yeah, for sure. And so it's just Mm -hmm. one of those moments where, like, Karen's trying to be a good time girl. And she is. Like, she successfully, like, she turned up. She's turned up several times this season. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just one of those hilarious moments where it's, like, you're reminded that, like, these are, this is (laughs) women of varying generations. So, like, Mm -hmm. having a party of this theme is just, it's interesting. It's, like, there's a different vibe that a Candace brings than a Karen. And I, I love when they, you know, coalesce. And it, like, makes everyone vulnerable to varying like degrees which is interesting and i will say like robin and giselle do do the thing where they love to go after karen for no reason because like karen saying that she was retired from giving blowjobs it's like so what and yet, what would they have said if she said if she like said she gave ray a blowjob last week yeah. like they would have she like, can't wait. dragged her to hell regardless <laughs> i know and that's why i tend to miss like season three monique a little bit because I feel like we need a new adversary for Giselle mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. Ka- Giselle can't handle Karen. Karen puts her in her place every mm-hmm. time. And I would, right. I really like those early seasons when, when uh, Giselle was clearly very jealous of Monique's money and that dynamic. And so like, I, I hope with whoever comes in next season, cause I imagine we're going to get one or two women because I don't think Candace or Monique will be oh. back. Um, I'm hoping that mm-hmm. we get some new, new blood to sort of go after Giselle because it's like, it's always two against yeah. one because it's always going to be Giselle and Robin as this, you know, mighty duo. So hoping for someone to come in and stir some shit up. That's why I did appreciate Robin though, earlier in this trip when she was siding with Karen in the stuff about Giselle's relationship with uh, Giselle's man living Mm -hmm. in a phone. I did appreciate that Robin was able to go against her in that moment. And I want to see more of that from Robin. Like, cause I think Robin's one of my favorite housewives too, just because like she is, someone who I would actually like to spend time mm-hmm. with and like, seems like a good person. So I'd like for her to stand up to Giselle a little bit, even just for the sake of like it making a more interesting show. Yeah. And I, I also think too, it's like, I like Giselle. I obviously think that she is an important factor on this show, but, and I think we're going to see this next week uh, with her three lovely children, clearly not being too excited mm-hmm. to have dad at the house, which is that like right. Giselle makes poor decisions <laughs> Often, you know, whether it be the house or the fashions or her (laughs) Mm -hmm. man, her various men that she's dragged onto this show. And so I think one of the troubling things with Giselle, and again, why I'm looking for an adversary for her, is it's like there's no one here to sort of like drag Giselle the way that Giselle tries to drag Karen. And at the end of the day, right. it's just Karen has that Phaedra-like quality, which is like Karen can read very effortlessly. And so she's mm-hmm. always going to dominate Giselle in any conversation. And even if she doesn't, she'll take to the confessional and lay down a read yeah. there. And so mm-hmm. I just am looking forward to, um, I don't want to say more attacks on Janelle, Giselle, <laughs> uh, Janelle. Um, but I do, I do think it's time for Giselle to get her comeuppance. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that is pretty much it for this week's Potomac. Uh, now, this week we are recording a little earlier uh, to kind of get ahead of Thanksgiving, so we're not recapping Orange County, but we did want to just get your opinion on 
kind of the conversation around Orange County right now and what's going on both in the show and off of it as well and just like the uh, how it's being received by the Bravo audience. So what do you what do you make of that, Evan? Yeah, I mean, I am watching. Yeah. I will admit. Okay. Um, and I did go on record and say I wasn't going to watch, so I did. I am a. I am, <laughs> um, it's okay. But I will say okay. I'm not talking about the show publicly unless it's dragging Kelly Dodd's behavior off the show. That's the only way I sort of engage mm-hmm. with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Shannon Bedore bagged a really hot man. Yeah. Um, he is one mm-hmm. of the best looking men to ever be brought around by any of these women. And I like the sort of like Brady Bunch vibes that come with the kids intermingling. Giving her daughters uh, more confessionals is a mistake. Giving children confessionals Mm -hmm. in general is a mistake. I think it's one of the ways in which the show is bad in terms of like not just, it's sort of, playing with fire in that sense and it's like you know there's that unspoken rule it's like kids are off limits and it's like in their mind the women are like well but if i choose to have my kids on but it's like yeah but if your if your kid is making fun of another woman it just gets so crunchy i don't love it um i definitely see a little bit of a sherry pie edit happening with kelly a little Mm -hmm. bit because like there have been several episodes if i think at least one where she has not appeared at all Um, and when they do show her, they're not like showing her in like a favorable light. Um, so from what I heard, and this is all hearsay, but it's like, I heard that their, their plan with Kelly was to let her take herself down this season, which I think is like strange because like, they don't do that with other people that are, um, less problematic. Um, but I would say like, I'm enjoying it in the sense of, I, I watch it every mm-hmm. week and it's definitely more digestible than the season with the woman that had the cousin with the cars. Do you know what I'm talking about? That had the car collection. Uh, it's, oh my God. Uh, I'll remember her in a little okay. bit. There were several seasons. The 100th Housewife? Oh. Yes. But her, yes, yes, Peggy yes, yes, yes. Tulane. Yes. Peggy. Yeah. Yes. Peggy, okay, yeah. we got yeah. there. Okay, so the fact that it took that long. That <laughs> season and the season sort of surrounding that, I feel like we're huge lows. Yeah. Um, but I do just want to say one thing really quick about Gina, mm. who is someone who I'm just not interested in Gina. I never really have been. I don't have feelings sure. about her. Right. I thought that that scene with her husband and the excuse me, with her ex-husband, Matt, and the editing that they did, which I think you guys talked about, yeah. which it seemed to be that the confessional was stitched in much later that in that moment she was Mm -hmm. planning on kind of putting on a a brave face and moving forward as a family unit of some kind. And then the confessional seemed to say that she had had the realization that that was going to be one of the last times that her kids were going to be around uh, her ex-husband. That was complicated and interesting, but I think it needed to be explained the timeline a little bit more clearly. Um, Right. But, I will say it's like it's a it's an awful situation. I'm not sure the cameras should have been present. For sure. Right. Um, question about the newest housewife in OC, Elizabeth Vargas. What are your thoughts on her and what she's bringing <laughs> to the table? Uh, <laughs> or not bringing? To yeah, the table. I mean, like, I I like her a little bit. I don't, I can't do another conversation about the lack of sex mm. in her relationship. Like, I hate when, like, it's mm-hmm. like we reveal a fact like this and it just gets, like, passed around at sure. nauseam. And it's just like, 
if she doesn't want to have sex with this guy, I don't care. And they're not the kind of couple I right. would imagine having sex to begin yeah. with. Um, I like having a second Kirby girl on the mm-hmm. show. I think it's exciting. Mm-hmm. As we talk about diversity within the Housewives universe, I think it goes beyond just race. And I think it's sort of like, um, it's exciting to see a woman that looks like Elizabeth and one that embraces her body and calls herself Kirby because with Emily's plot line, it's all been sort of about her trying to work out to be thinner mm-hmm. And I like mm-hmm. the fact that Elizabeth is kind of giving us a new version of a plus size woman. And of course there are many versions of all types of people in all different sizes. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea of here is my body and I'm proud of it. I'm not trying to course correct it in any way. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that missing sister, bizarre plot. Um, I know. And she's still yeah. missing to this yeah. day. Um, I guess I, I, I will say though, I am excited to see a new woman come in and this many episodes in not fight with anyone. Oh. I think that's a nice change of yeah. pace. Will you, will you be pre-ordering a bottle of Vargas <laughs> vodka? Yeah, no. Um, I have. I'm gonna be ordering all of Lisa Barlow's. Uh, oh wait, that's what you're saying, Lisa Barlow. <laughs> sorry. No, no, Vargas vodka. Oh, sorry. No. Okay. No, because I will be getting Lisa Barlow's. Yes. Her line of <laughs> see the names are so similar. Yeah. It's like I completely um, Vargas. But okay. Yeah, I'm gonna be pre-ordering or ordering all of uh, Barlow's yeah. stuff, so I just simply don't have to meet. And also, I need to save up for Karen's weights. Yeah. Well, I think that's actually the the perfect transition True. to bring us over to the land of <laughs> yeah, Lisa sorry. Barlow and Salt Lake City, uh, <laughs> the happiest. My God. Place. So we're up to episode three, but it's we're early enough in this journey to ask you about how you feel about how this all kicked off, how we how we're feeling about these women only two or three episodes in what. What what are you feeling? Okay, so I've been thinking a lot about this in preparation for our conversation. Yeah. And what I think it is about this show is, going back to the idea of like toxic fandoms mm-hmm. earlier, one thing that I'm feeling about Salt Lake City in just like my social media about the show and, and watching other people's show, social media is there's just a joy mm-hmm. about this show. It's effusive that you feel online where it's like people just want to talk about this show. It's a happy place to be. It is escapism. There's so much mm-hmm. to talk about. And I just think that that is really coloring my experience of the show and how much I like talking about Salt Lake City yeah. and how much it's it just seems to really be a positive part of the internet and that's that really mm-hmm. can't be said, of course, of Orange County, but it can't even be said of like something like Potomac, where it tends to be like Candace v. Monique. Mm-hmm. It's let's choose a right. side or, or who who's mad at who. And so that's one thing I really like. And then I just think it's like I'm so pleasantly surprised by the women I wasn't expecting to get anything from. Ooh. And so I think specifically I'm speaking about uh, Whitney, okay. who I think really came through in episodes two and three and sort mm-hmm. of being a lot more of a layered character than I expected. And then there is quite possibly one of my, t- let's say top 10 housewives of oh all my time. Oh my God. Oh my God. Meredith Marks matters. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel the energy and I am just delighted to have marathon screen when she made that guacamole <laughs> with her suit jacket draped oh over God. her shoulders. I, it felt so good. So yeah. Sometimes with her, it feels like in the best possible way, like we're watching an alien like kind of learning how to come to earth. Like I, I'm thinking about Mars attacks when they dress up that one alien in like the pretty lady costume or whatever. Yeah. 
that's what Meredith Marks feels like to mm-hmm. me in the best possible. So way. I and what's interesting is it's not a put on yeah. energy. I was gonna say like watching her these three episodes. I feel like she is truly a character made for you, Evan. Cause like every scene she's filmed has felt like she like thought about the look she was going to present for that particular scene. So like, she's playing a lot with like what she's presenting on camera. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing about her and that why I find her so interesting is in any other housewife, they would have had the church scene. I think it was episode two at Mary's church. And it would have had a Jewish woman like Meredith attend and be rolling her eyes or give a confessional mm. in which she's like, everyone here is crazy. Yeah. And instead, Meredith completely mm-hmm. soaked up the experience. And I think there lies a really interesting facet of Meredith. And we haven't really had a character like her, which is that like, she can be in these situations and she's not going to be the Bethany in the confessional being like, what the fuck? She actually will embrace her surroundings. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. I think makes for such a rich character because I never know what Meredith's going to do or how she's going to react. Take for instance, that dinner with Mary um, when Meredith seems to be genuinely enjoying having dinner with Mary. God bless. I could not understand that scene. Watching Meredith talk to Mary as if like Mary was a resident of this planet, like felt, I felt crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I will say to talk about the church scene, there was something that like, there was a sweetness in seeing Whitney's dad in that scene, like actually be emotional despite like what Mary was doing in that scene. It was like, all my eyes were all on the dad and I was like, Oh, he's actually like, he's feeling something for like the first time in a bit. And I think that's actually like really, really nice. My eyes were on the crowd and like how many people were crying. And like, I thought it was very interesting. Cause like, I like as much as Mary is in this position and has been granted it by her grandmother's will. Apparently she doesn't like seem to be like a natural for it. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. she's that charismatic of like a preacher. Um, so it's just kind of like shocking to see everyone like buy it. Yeah. And, and, and one has to wonder, cause obviously there's a lot going around about Mary. I know like there's all the Reddit yeah. stuff mm-hmm. and like, I kind of take a lot of that with a, you know, with a grain of salt in terms of like, we'll never, I don't know if we'll ever really know. So, but one interesting thing I do, I always wonder when, you know, women come onto these shows, it's like, what did they want to get out mm-hmm. of it? Because we all know mm-hmm. the trajectory that comes with this show at this point, you know, alcoholism, divorce, yeah. you know, just like there's a lot, you know, or starting a business, sure. you know, which is often I think the case. So, but in the case of a Mary, you don't have a business that you're pushing. You have money, so you don't need money. The only thing I can imagine, and again, this is me being gross and conspiracy theorist, is that she's trying to recruit members for the yeah. church. For the church. But didn't I read somewhere that they actually do have restaurants too? Oh, interesting. And like that was part of the deal, like when she got married to the grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, I I could be wrong, so, like, feel free to – but, like, it's – I think I remember them also owning restaurants along with – I mean, I think I heard her say properties, 
which could insinuate that like they have like a real estate portfolio that they're like renting out and making money through that. I feel, I mean, and that actually is not so different from pastor Jamal. Cause like he's involved in all those mm-hmm. businesses. So like that's yeah. The restaurant that he gave the exactly. girls and it's now closed. Yeah. Birds of a feather. Um, Sad. Okay. So that's, I mean, mm-hmm. Mary, this was actually also the first episode where we spent, we finally spent time at home with her. We did. What mm-hmm. did we make of her, her home life? I mean, the thing with the stove I got, it's like, <laughs> if I can figure it out, you don't need to call someone. Um, I could not wrap my head around her forcing her son, who has a year and a half left of high school, to go to a boarding school. Mm-hmm. Also not conversations to be had on camera. It reminded me of Jen in the premiere episode having a conversation with her son about his girlfriend. And it's like, this is not breakfast conversation. This is like, you should know about your son's dating life. And it shouldn't be had in this moment with these cameras up. Um, But I would say that one Mm -hmm. thing that was interesting, I didn't know that we were going to get the the step-grandfather slash husband on the Mm. show. That was kind of shocking. And then just like... Watching him like meander Puts around, yeah. around that house, <laughs> it was very, mm-hmm. it was very like father daughter mm. energy that they have, and so if anything, if, if I were her, well, if I, I, mean, I, I don't know, but if I were her, I would kind of keep my home life off of the show yeah. and leave that for speculation. Right. I'm, I'm surprised but intrigued that we're like going to get him on the show and in confessionals. Yeah. Like she right. wants to let us in. But in that in that dinner with Meredith, she referred to her marriage as arranged. <laughs> so it's like she is presenting us with the entire Completely. thing. Yeah. Uh, I also think it's worth pointing yeah. out her social media presence <laughs> for a moment because oh, yeah. one of the things that comes with having a new crop of girls um, is a new crop of social media relationships mm-hmm. with all of them. And as we know, like different housewives function very differently in terms of how they use social. These girls are all having a ride with it. It's really interesting to see. I would say you have your Heathers and Jen who are really excelling at the form. And then you have Mary who Mm -hmm. it's just possessed. (laughs) It is. It's (laughs) It's just, it's wild. She posted a video today that was, or maybe not today, but like recently that was two minutes and 18 seconds long talking about like how, she her hair didn't look good on the show, but I think she was trying to show that now she's gotten her hair game together, and it is so unwell. But yeah. it's worth a watch. Yeah. And you know what? I feel like that's the button on Mary. So unwell, but worth the watch. Sure. I feel like that's going right. to be our journey with Mary Cosby. So speaking of social, I want to take a little tangent for a second. Like now that you mentioned it, I'm curious your thoughts on like. Housewife across the board who has Mm. the best social presence. Mm. Any city, anywhere. That's interesting. Um, I really, I mean, who comes to mind to me is Rinna. I know it can be rather Mm -hmm. chaotic, but I like the fact that it's like all within a brand and kind of like sticks to it. Mm -hmm. And I kind of enjoy her like brand of joy. Um, Mm -hmm. I know there have been times like in season when she goes a little like Mm -hmm. haywire and like, um, so... 
I and I would say there's also like two there's like the girls that are logged in and the girls that have the team. Right. And so I would say like right. you know like you have your Erica Jane types who have the team but then like log on when they want to drag mm-hmm. a bitch. Um or mm-hmm. no, not drag a bitch, drag a good heart. <laughs> um yeah, that was wild. So um but it's interesting when you ask that question like no one springs to mind for me as being like really good right. at social. Um the list is so long of women that are bad at it. So yeah, so but I mean, also just like the evol. I mean, these women, and I know this is like a problem across our society, but these women and the face tuning and the photoshopping—it's just. Mm-hmm. I want to. I have to mention one, it's, but like the woman that Margaret Josephs portrays <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, wow. I love Marge. No, no, no. I love yeah. her. But it's just like you are a beautiful woman. You don't need to show us this other human being that you like the sims character that you've created <laughs> just show us you um i thought I you were i was only i only said wow because i like was expecting the words to come out of your mouth yes. to be yeah, yeah. gretchen rossi oh. but yeah. but i was not yeah. expecting marge wow yeah no i, I just don't yeah. keep up with her um but i would say the one that's like delighting mm-hmm. me the most in terms of their evolution is, is karen huger just mm-hmm. because um in addition to her like phenomenal glow up um she's just having more fun on social mm-hmm. lately yeah. um or her team but i mean i think that of all of because the, the potomac women are not great on social not awful but not great um and so i definitely think karen mm-hmm. has stepped up her yeah. game well you mentioned two of the more active people on social on this cast heather and jen how do you feel about these two women who are kind of being pushed as I mean, literally, as like the center of the show in the title card and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jen's interesting. Uh, someone said this that I was reading recently, where they were like, Jen's really pushing to be center snowflake, yeah. um, and you see mm-hmm. that across the board. Um, I yeah, it's certainly very chaotic, and it certainly feels like tread territory. I mean, especially it's like you know, with the ten assistants, it's like we've you know, we've had the Sonya interns before. We know this, we know this game Mm -hmm. and everything. And there are parts of it that are a little bit like, I wish they were less confusing. So it's kind of like, okay, like we're turning the Shaw Chalet into a party, but I'm not telling my husband, but he knows there was Mm -hmm. a party, but he doesn't think it was big, but the furniture has to be moved back before he's home, even though he doesn't have to move it. Just like all of those like dumb questions come into mind. Right. Um, But I do think like emerging from the cars with all those Mm. heels is important. And if she Hilarious. continues to deliver that, like that alone is a season two kind of like push, push yeah. her forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'm interested to see, I felt like the fight with Mary in episode one that, 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 that like bled into episode yeah. two felt a little bit like, okay, like Jen's coming in hot. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see like, as the season goes along, sort of if Jen can become a more strategic fighter. Um, right. Yeah. And then, um, go ahead. Sorry. No, with the Mary thing, it's like I see Jen's behavior leading towards like what could actually be like housewife suicide. Like if you start like refusing to film with people or like that kind of thing, you're you become the easiest Mm -hmm. thing to chop, even if you are like fabulous and you like have amazing outfits, et cetera, et cetera. But what what are your thoughts on um, Miss Heather Gay? She's just so like truly. I just like her. (laughs) She's just I. 
I tweeted this the other day, but it's just like, I want love for her. She deserves love. Yeah. Um, I think she's going to be a really crucial narrator this season. Mm-hmm. I think this is a cast of, and I don't mean this, I hope this doesn't come off misogynistic in any way, but some of these women on this show have some more annoying voices. Mm. Um, and I feel like Heather's voice is just... I just love to listen to Heather speak. It's so calming. And especially in contrast to like Whitney or um, Lisa or even Meredith's voice can mm-hmm. be a little literally one note. Yeah. Um, so I think that Heather's going to be a really great um, narrator throughout the season. I think Heather's big thing that I hope she avoids is not making mountains out of molehills. Because I think that the whole Lisa doesn't mm-hmm. remember me thing is kind of like, okay, it's annoying that Lisa's doing this but let's move mm-hmm. on. Um, so I, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm definitely curious to see where Heather goes, but I, I like that she has like a Switzerland-like quality so far in that even like when the whole Mary v. Jen thing was going on, like she didn't, even though she was there for Jen, she didn't, she was didn't go against Mary. She played mediator when Mary awkwardly entered the room. Yeah. So um, I, have, mm-hmm. I have high hopes. Yeah, I thought it was interesting with the baby shower, how on the show they talked about white somehow having to do tangentially with this whole perfection theme that they keep bringing up as if it's charity in Dallas or uh, etiquette mm-hmm. in Potomac. But then online, yeah. she said the white was, well, we didn't want to do like the blue and the pink, like with gender stereotypes, which I thought was better messaging. And like mm-hmm. an example of her playing the social media game very well. Yes, right. and speaking of that, I think it's worth noting, um, so Jed obviously had that really cringeworthy comment in the premiere episode mm. about um, saying that, that her son could get yeah. AIDS by kissing someone, and and part, correct me, I'm sorry if you guys already talked yeah. about this, but I thought that Jen issued such a wonderful apology online yeah. that she, be, did you talk about this already? Am I, am I talking we, about we did, again? but it's worth repeating. Okay, sorry. I just really, I found that to be... Definitely worth repeating. I just thought that was, like, an example of... I think the bar is so low for housewives in general, yeah. like, when they fuck up. I think about, like, you know, Ramona with yeah. Leah and making fun of, you know, making fun of Leah. Right. And, and, you know, think about, like, Ramona's apology in yeah. that moment, which was, like, you know, just so half-assed. And I just thought Jen sort of set a tone for Salt Lake City and for all of the women, and we've seen it with Heather several times now, where it's kind of like mm-hmm. these women are going to make mistakes and they're going to own them in a in a thoughtful way that will make it so that you don't have to... Because you know how like, we have so many problematic yeah. faves? Mm-hmm. And it's like I feel like we'll actually be able to fave a lot of these Salt right. Lake City women. I think that's exciting. I think it's interesting that especially Heather and Jen in particular are so willing to use their social to like speak out on progressive mm-hmm. causes or even like like even like the bar of like congratulating Joe Biden when he won when so many of these houses are like afraid in general and these women are brand new yeah. to the game like they their show aired what like the week of the yeah. election maybe like the week before so I, I like that the in particular the two of them are willing to do that i haven't really looked into the others as far as that level i follow meredith on instagram but she's just like fashion fashion fashion. her like fashion vibes but i did i will say though meredith did that post that was about her new york premiere party and all of the covid compliant Mm -hmm. um measures that she went through in order to have the party done and i thought one of the interesting things about this not to make this a covid conversation but that she did mention i had not heard this before where she was like everyone in in attendance at the event uh was tested and that's just not something i was like wow that's a really smart way to have a gathering now that said i don't know if i am pro having a gathering right now or no i do know i am not pro having a gathering so 
I, I think it's the less it's the lesser of two evils, maybe is the right way to say it. But it's like I do appreciate the fact that when they post pictures of her with a, with a you know a sizable group of people, that she's at least addressing the elephant in the room. Whereas like Kelly Dodd would just be like, you know, fuck, this is just this is just a flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Lisa Barlow. How <laughs> what, what's your temperature on her? Need more time. Yeah. Um. Definitely thought it, I I think she's the most abrasive of the women so yeah. far. Um, and was it you yeah. guys that were comparing her yes, to Rita? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was us completely. That that was so spot on. She, there's a toughness love to it. her, and I'm I, I I love it too. And I'm 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 curious to see if it can get peeled mm-hmm. away. I think the biggest problem that I foresee is having a similar thing with like the Robin and Giselle with her and Meredith mm-hmm. in terms of Lisa only right. really having one mm-hmm. ally and not really connecting mm-hmm. on a deep level with any of the other women. So I'm hoping that Lisa, cause Lisa's already we're three episodes in and she's had issues with Whitney and with yeah. Heather. And mm-hmm. I think Jen is pretty much aligned with um, Heather is from, from what I see. Yeah. Um, so I'm just hoping mm-hmm. that I don't want, Lisa to be the Kelly Dodd of this mm-hmm. show. I want a world in which um, that Lisa is layered, and I think she's per- she's capable of that. So again, like I think time yeah. will tell. I th- I feel like Lisa's the one at this point now that we spent more time with Mary that we know the least about Lisa. Right, they're constantly showing her ordering fountain diet cokes which makes me think that she's just like constantly <laughs> hungover. I mean, she does have the party girl voice like twenty four seven. Yeah. <laughs> and is she she's still Mormon? She's the only one who is Mormon. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious how much we will explore that because I feel like everything we've gotten on the show so far has been ex-Mormon or or sort of talking mm-hmm. about the ways in which someone has like moved away from Mormonism. Mm-hmm. And so I'm mm-hmm. curious if we're going – and like how much religion is a factor sure. um, in her life. But also just like – so exciting to see Jewish housewives. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can't get yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I guess, I mean, Jules Weinstein, mm-hmm. Weinstein, yeah. the, the blueprint. Oh, my God. Yeah, J- Jackie Goldschneider. Jackie. Excited yeah. to see Jackie. I mean, Jackie's one of the few yeah. housewives I follow. I have, like, a burner Instagram where I follow all of them so I could like, scroll yeah, through quickly. Yeah, this is quickly. crazy. Dan has a burner account. It's so, but it's but so Jackie's unwell. one of the few I follow on my actual account because like I feel happiness just like checking in with her and the fam. Yeah. Like it just feels good. Yeah. Well, hello, Evan, hello. hello. It's uh, like <laughs> serotonin boost to the soul. Um, but I guess like Whitney is the only one that we haven't gone too deep in. Uh, you, it sounds like she's exceeding your initial expectations though. Yeah, I mean, I thought that I thought there the conversation that was had about sobriety um, in that kitchen scene with her father, I thought was really yeah. lovely, and I thought it was, you know, mm. as both you and most people listening to this podcast know, these shows don't typically handle alcoholism and conversations around alcoholism yeah. well, and they it's been a bigger topic on the show than just the women. I mean, you think about like. Bethany's father mm-hmm. was it in like way back when and like just ha- and I think maybe one of Ramona's parents we've we've heard about the ways in which alcoholism has both directly and indirectly affected so many yeah. of these women on and off the show I thought that scene just felt like a contrast to a lot of what we've seen in terms of Whitney being really empathetic and making it clear that she's going to be there for her father and 
you know, I don't want to say that I think these shows are like impressionable by any measure, but I think it's just good, you know, whether it be the Bronwyn plot on OC right now with her sobriety or this, mm-hmm. I think it's nice to see new depictions of families dealing with alcoholism that are not fight or flight and that um, show the work and, and the difficulty and the struggle. And, and so I thought that was a layer that I wasn't expecting to see yeah. from Whitney. Well, I think we pretty much covered everything going on in Salt Lake City and caught us all up. Um, Why don't we now wrap this up with the Freak of the Week and the One True Queen? Now, the Freak of the Week is an interesting one. Uh, We are calling out, not by name, but certain certain members of of the Come Through (laughs) Certain members of the Come Through Queen community (laughs) have begun to turn on Robin Dixon, equating her to fallen housewife Teddy Joe as not giving us much of anything. But I think, and I continue to think, that Robin Dixon is the heart of the Real Housewives of Potomac. <laughs> so we Come Through Queen needs to stand by our, our girl, Robin Dixon. Well, you've called her the heart of the entire I, I, I do. Perhaps. I do call her that. Yeah. I mean, she, like, she, yeah. I love seeing her on Watch What Happens Live. Like, I just love spending time with Robin Dixon. Mm-hmm. And she was energized and watched what happened. Yeah, I know. Live. She like really was, yeah. was down to play. I mean, it was like I, she could have given some of the energy over to the New oh Jersey. Oh my god! Woman. I mean, for right, I also think like the choices of people chosen for that particular spot for like this big come together friendsgiving yeah. thing is important. And I think that the Watch what Happens Live producers thought out like who represented different parts of the Bravo universe. I guess if we're calling for it sure. That. Can I ask a quick yeah. question? Do you think? Because, like, I know embellished is real, but, like, <laughs> is it real? Like, I know it's real. I know there's sure. a website, and I know she might have produced, like, 20 <laughs> hats. But, like, I guess my question is, it's, like, did Robin – because, like, I used to make hats sometimes. I would just print tweets, and I hired this company, and they would, like, stamp yeah. them on yeah. hats, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I didn't sell them. They were just, mm-hmm. like, for fun. But, like, my point is, it's, like, is this a business, or is this, like, Robin made some hats and has a website. I, I guess I'm just confused at like the legitimacy of this business. Right. I mean, it seems to have launched at one point and now is like releasing different articles and of clothing and new prints coming out. So it does seem to be like evolving over time and hopefully mm-hmm. growing and hopefully paying down some of that tax debt. So and is so she's not flipping the houses anymore. Uh, it seems like we're taking a pause on that, <laughs> which which might be good because, okay. like you know, given this un- these uncertain okay. times, like a hat business might be a little bit more stable than like the real estate economy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you the think we're going to jump- see um, the embellished hats at the reunion? Uh, uh, I hope so. I I, I hope that yeah. I hope that she has a matching gold hat for matching that beautiful dress that she's wearing uh oh wait speaking can we can we take a pause in the middle sure. of doing for the week of one true queen just to get evan's expert take on Ooh. the reunion yes, looks yes. well i got dragged for praising them on i Twitter, saw that you got dragged so that's why i wanted to ask which reminds me of like there was one time because of you guys that i started to like get into tanya sam <laughs> and i tweeted something like in praise of tanya once and i like got bullied like into like deleting the the internet Um, hates tanya sam like we are the few and far never ever never ever take our advice for something to stand i mean like if if what we were stands of were successful 
Christina Aguilera would be like selling out stadiums. I mean, oh. you're you're yeah. speaking to a stand, so <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would say I like that we are keeping with a, a theme. You know, I feel like mm. the reunions are always more fun when all of the women are coordinated in yeah. some way. And obviously, I'm very grateful that it was done in person. Um, I think that Robin looked phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I love the fit. Mm. I think Monique, I think Dan, you said this, is consistently yep. the best dressed at the reunions. I would say the biggest disappointment was Candace, just because I think Candace is typically well-dressed. Mm. I would say Giselle from the neck up looked beautiful. Yep. Like really, really, it, really That's beautiful. exactly what usually what is going on with Giselle unless <laughs> yeah. she has a headband on. Hey, but that unless said... Unless she has a headband on, she's ruining it. <laughs> but that said, it's like, I'd rather be beautiful from the neck up than the mm -hmm. neck down. So it's like... And that's what's going to be mm -hmm. prominently featured on a show like this. So, um, yeah. I think that Wendy tried something and it failed, but I don't say that in a mean way in that, like, I will always be in support of a choice versus a non-choice. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, Did you see the yeah. photo of her sitting down, though? I did Okay. Okay, because I think her sitting down changes the look, and the reunion is sitting down. So, great. Um, and then I just I think Karen looked great, but I just think she did not top her season four reunion mm. look, which I think was like flawless. Yeah. Like I love Karen. H I mean, we all love Karen Huger. I, I yeah, but like mm -hmm. when Karen serves, like it's it's funny because it's like sometimes I'll say that about her and people are like hey, yeah, ha, ha, yeah yeah, and it's like no 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 no. Like Karen quite capably and quite often like serves fashion. Mm. Like she's just she bodies these looks, and I feel like people. I feel like it's a lot of people's inherent ageism showing by kind of thinking that it's like an mm -hmm. ironic love, yeah. and it's like no, I love right. and worship the grand dame. So yeah. Um, but just, I, I think they all, they're beautiful women. Love to see them. Love it. All right. Mm -hmm. Let's now get to our one true queen. Someone we, we lightly dragged earlier, but this is kind of a fun, uh, fun little side job for her. So page six is reporting Leah McSweeney beyond excited to be a part of the Pornhub awards. So the beautiful. real housewives of New York city star Leah McSweeney is pro porn. She tells us. The founder of the clothing brand Married to the Mob is set to be a presenter at the Pornhub Awards next month. And she tells Page Six, I am beyond excited to be a part of the iconic Pornhub Awards. When censorship is at an all-time high, I celebrate and I hope everyone celebrates freedom of speech and the right to enjoy sensuality and sexuality. Wow. Okay, well... I when I signed off, I hadn't really heard her quote, but her quote is like some libertarian. Yeah, it shit. is. It is. Like, <laughs> is censorship on some? Is censorship at an all-time high? I I am dying to see the her election speak on this season of New York, and like I'm not expecting good things, but I'm just curious right. to see how that conversation goes, especially with that whole crew. That said, it's like. Because I have a feeling this is going to be a nosedive season for her, which in theory is, like, exciting. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, after that coming immediately after yeah. Dorinda's nosedive season, it's, like, right. are we ever going to get to a – and obviously, like, Ramona's, like, life <laughs> yeah. of nosediving. It's, like, are we ever <laughs> going to get to a point where it's, like, we have women l more in, like, the Alex McCord or the Heather-type space where it's just, like – they're fun to watch that, like, we're just watching right. them sort of, like, exist um, – yeah, I, I just I'm glad. First of all, I'm glad to have interjected an Alex McCord mm, mention. Of course, podcast, always welcome. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I I just I guess I'm just worried because I think Leah um, 
sex positive is wonderful, but of all the issues to like get behind at the present yeah. moment, it's kind of like, it's just like, just say like you love yeah. porn and you were asked to be part of this and like, fuck yeah. It's like the fact that she like gave such like a diplomatic answer as though it's like somehow controversial to be like making this choice yeah. kind of is emblematic of like who I think Leah yeah. is in terms mm-hmm. of um, just not being the, I don't want to say, well, she is a bright apple. It's not that, but just like, I think she gets behind the wrong issues. Sure. Right. Her identifying as, quote, pro-porn, I like, wonder if there's, like, a journalist out there or maybe a journalist on this call who would do a little diving of to see which housewives are pro-porn <laughs> and which housewives are anti-porn. <laughs> that could be an interesting I mean, Ramona piece. was famously the first one who was anti-porn for flipping out at the True. Alex McCord <laughs> photo shoot. Yeah. yeah. Spread eagle in the in your husband's hotel hallway. Cut oh, I think to, Jill said that quote, but was it season four with the rubbing the lotion on Simon? Uh, not Simon. Excuse me, with rubbing the lotion on Mario. Um, who was Mario? Yeah, yeah. yeah. remember Mario, in the hotel, in like, but it was like not the hotel. I think it was just yeah. That it apartment. was like paired up with a scene where Alex was doing the similar with Simon. Mm. So uh. the both of them were doing it. Wow, iconic. The good old days. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Evan, it was so much fun having you here. Shut up, Evan. Everyone's got to go run and listen to it. Uh, The most recent episode uh, was with Retta. When does the next one drop? Mm -hmm. Tomorrow morning. So by the time this podcast is out, it will be out. And it's with Devin Sawa um, from (gasps) Casper and Now and Then. Oh, my God. And if you're a fan of, like, nostalgia, like, we get into, like, some really, really fun topics. Talk about Christina Ricci, partying with Britney Spears. I mean, like, there's so much fun to be had. He's my first heterosexual male on the podcast, and he – uh, he wow, was just trailblazer. No, he, yeah, trailblazer. he's actually such yeah. an interesting person. He like pops up on like the, the gaming podcasts I listen to too. He's just like all over the place when it yeah. comes to like social media. Yeah. And yeah, like a, 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 a true yeah, ally. Love it. Um, yeah. so where can everyone find you, Evan? Um, Shut Up Evan's available on all podcast platforms and you can find me on social media. And I just want to quickly plug, I just, I say it every time I'm on the show, this podcast is like just bar none joy from start to finish. You guys make me love these housewives even more. And I, I just love this friendship between you and the guests that you have on this show and this community that the two of you have built. And I just, it's such a, I'm so delighted to be back again and have this opportunity. And I just uh, want to congratulate you guys. Like you guys have been doing this now for years and your success is growing and growing. And I'm just really proud of you. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Evan. That is the sweetest thing. Oh my God. Um, As usual, you could find all our stuff at comethroughqueen.com our Twitter accounts, Instagram, our Patreon with bonus episodes where last week we discussed what a drag race, all stars, all winter cast would look like here in 2020, which was so much fun. I know some people listened to that already and enjoyed it. Um, And yeah, have a great Thanksgiving holiday, everyone like comment, subscribe, heart your retweet. Love us. Love us. Please retweet. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.